Living Wisely, Living Well, March 27th. Never impose an idea on anyone. Offer it kindly as a suggestion for his consideration. You'll find him readier then to accept it. This is such a simple thought, but not not one that's so easy to carry out. If you're strong-minded and like to make things happen in a certain way, just, um, (laughs) we're always, uh, I don't know, we're always imposing ourselves on others, often with good motive. We sort of feel like, well, I have an idea how this can best work. Let me just suggest it, or I'm impatient. Why should I use 10 words when I can just use one? Instead of inviting you to do it, why don't I just suggest that you do it? like this. I was amused. I was a friend of mine who's a really superb cook in the course, in the context of Ananda every year, sometimes uh, uh, more than one time a year, she would cook some really fabulous, really fabulous, elegant vegetarian dinner as a big fundraising event. This was when Swami Kriyananda was still with us and um, his presence would be a draw, and we would raise money for the publications business, or usually for publications business, or for something else sometimes. And people would pay, you know, just a ridiculously large amount to be able to have this really elegant evening with entertainment and Swami Kriyananda's presence. You know, it was a very good fundraising event. It, this would take place at Ananda Village. I don't, I live at the village anymore, but she's a friend of mine. Um, I have some, um, I, I, I'm a, I am not. I'm not on the same planet with her in terms of being able to cook as she can cook. I just don't have it in me to be that that intense about it. She's what I call, she enters a super conscious state. She, her, she moves into another universe when she starts cooking. But I am an able assistant because I'm competent. So, so I would go up and spend several days because it would always take us several days to make these dinners even if it was only for 30 or 40 people. And it was just totally fun. We'd have so much fun doing it. I really enjoyed it. And part of what would work is when she would, she was, she is very capable on the physical plane. She can make all kinds of things happen on the physical plane. But when she's doing something creative like that, it's fun for her to just be on that side. And I would often be the, I would keep it going. I would just keep the energy moving. So for her also, these would be big social events because lots of people in the community would come over to volunteer. She would get to see her friends. We'd all have these lovely time in the kitchen. And it got to be such a joke because someone would come in the kitchen, they'd walk in, I would say, here's a knife and here's an onion, you know, just like that, or go boil the beans. And, and my friend would say, hello, how are you? How have you been? How's your son? You know, how's your dog? You know? How's your flower garden? And I would say, here's an onion, here's a knife. (laughs) You know, and she would always kind of have to hose me down a little bit because I would just be like, you know, we're going to get this thing done and here you are and you've come to work and now work. And her way of it was to just invite them into the energy. Let's just enjoy the energy. Let's flow together. And invariably, she would always, even if I hadn't been there, she she would never fail to have it all ready on time, it was just natural to her to invite and suggest. That was just, that was the world that she lived in. And of course, I benefited enormously from getting into her energy. And that's why I would go, would be to get into her energy. And it would usually take me just a couple of times of here's the onion, here's the knife. 
before I would remember, oh, wait, 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 we're, we're actually doing something else here. Now, of course, that was a very small example because these were all my friends too, and they all knew that even if I was a little peremptory, I had a good heart. <laughs> it was okay. We would be fine. But wh why, why be like that? You know, her way was so attractive. It made people really want to be there. It made the whole thing fun. It made it like, I'm not using you. We're enjoying each other, and together we're accomplishing something. Swami Kriyananda was so sensitive about that, and even just in a bigger picture in terms of, of, our, of our community. It, well, he tells this story in the path when he talks about being with Master as a young disciple. And a man had come to join the monastery, and Swami said, Oh, sir, we found someone who can work in our print shop. And Master said to Swami, he said, several people have already told me that we found someone to work in our print shop. And, and what that meant was a monk wanted to join who knew how to run the presses. Master said, I want to hear that a disciple has come who's here to love God. I don't want to hear that we've found someone to run the presses. And in fact, Swami said, Master had more intuition about this man than Swami himself did because he didn't last in the monastery. But the way Swami would also put it too, he says, we can't think of people in terms of what they can do for Ananda. He said, quite simply, that would be using them, using them for some end. The question we have to ask is, who are you? Who are you in your own self and in your spiritual life? And what will help you become more joyful and become closer to God? And, and that's the first question. And then if we see that there's something that could be done, you know, even something that really needs to be done, but that will draw them closer to God and bring them more joy, then you talk about what they can do. And that's, that is the whole basis of Ananda, the, 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 the simple phrase that we use for that, our people are more important than things, which means people's genuine spiritual welfare is much more important than any external thing we're trying to accomplish. And Swamiji absolutely held to that. I mean, it was tested many times, and he, he never flinched on it. He said even if there was a, a project that would be wonderful to do that was even very important for Ananda's work, but there was nobody in the ashram, and we, we you know, the projects we did, we, we did them to provide meaningful, serviceful work, and also income because the community ran on a runs on a normal economic system. We're not, we don't have a communal economics. You have a job, you have a salary, and that gives people a degree of independence, which is a very positive thing. But he said, even if there was a project that was very important to do, but there was no one in the ashram for whom it would be spiritually beneficial to do it, we just wouldn't do it. It's just as simple as that because we we were there to be together to find God, and of course. On, on a few occasions, the printing press actually turned out to be one of them, we did have to hire someone outside, a printing press at Ananda Village, because it was a high-level skill when we got this big press. It was a high-level skill, and n none of us knew how to do it. But we found a neighbor who was very skilled at it, very compatible with us, and it was beneficial to him for him to work with us, and his energy was very harmonious with us. Um, but as a rule, if there was no one there for whom it was beneficial, or that neighbor turned out to be a very good choice, 
um, then we just wouldn't do it because it, it wasn't in the, in the higher flow of things. And meaning, especially, we wouldn't assign it to someone um, just because we, we wouldn't use anybody. And sometimes this meant that a person who had talent in a certain area simply didn't, didn't give that talent to the work because it might, it might not be good for them to do it. It might, um, uh, it, could, it could go both ways, for exa- or many ways. For one thing, it might perhaps feed their ego in the wrong way. I mean, interestingly, there were two different people who were both involved in um, offering the teachings, offering classes at the retreat. And after a time, Swami took one, of the, one person out of that because the more they stood in front of people and declaimed the truth, the more their ego began to get too strong. And Swami just thought it wasn't wholesome for that person, even though they were talented at it. And everybody else thought it was a really good idea. Swami could see it wasn't good for them, so he pulled them out and gave them other work. The other, there was this other person whom Swami said, oddly, overall has more ego, <laughs> he said. But when it comes to the teachings and offering these teachings to people, he doesn't have much ego about that. Everyone else would think, well, of course you would have ego about that. But in his case, he didn't. But he had ego about business and money. <laughs> and, and when he got involved in that, he got in a lot of trouble. Because his ego drew him into business and money. Swami tried to keep him in the teaching. But he, he drove himself in another direction. So it just depends on all of those issues. So what, what um, you know, people are people's spiritual well-being is more important means that you have to work with them first as human beings and then secondly as everything else. Now he's also talking not merely about work or work assignments or anything like that. He's talking about when you're trying to guide people, when you're we're trying to work harmoniously, when you're trying to be friends. People, people recognize truth. You, you don't want people just to accept it because you said so. You know, there's a, a, there's a, a tradition in spiritual life of monastic obedience, but that's not where we are now in the evolution of spiritual understanding on this planet. We're at a time of individual responsibility where where our own experience has to be our guide. Now, if we're not stupid, part of our own experience will be that, that there are certain people who seem to know pretty clearly what a good idea is, so we will listen. But listening, paying attention, being receptive is not the same as, yes, sir, this is what I'm going to do without any actual inner participation. So, so what Swamiji is suggesting here in all areas of life is that you try to awaken within someone their own capacity to understand why this is a good idea. And in something so simple as in the course of helping people in, in the community that I live in, to take the necessary preparation classes in order to receive certain higher initiations in meditation techniques that will be of benefit for them. We have, we've had a certain number of requirements. They need to take this course. We actually have suggested that they actually need to support Ananda itself. I mean, we, we may call that become a member, but what we mean by, by that is you have to give of your own resources back to the source that's inspiring you. If you merely take without also giving back, that's not wholesome for you. So we have to take this course, you have to do this, you have to do a few other things. But I've never wanted to say you have to take this course or else you can't get the initiation. What I've tried to say is 
you should want to take this course because you want to know as much as you can because then when you take the initiation, you'll be, f- you'll be fully integrated in what you're trying to do. So it's not like I'm trying to make you do this. I'm going to tell you from standing on the other side of having been initiated, initiated this will be of great benefit to you. And you ought to open yourself to the idea this will be a benefit instead of how much can I get away with just to get what I want. And, and I would feel that if someone just took the course because they had to, you might as well, I mean, sometimes you can't stop people, but you might as well write it off right from the start. It's to awaken an understanding within people. And of course, that's a much harder way to work. It's much easier to drive them than it is to inspire and lead them. But if you can inspire and lead people, then the, the bonds of mutual understanding, of unity, of, of creative contribution will be entirely different than if just people are just going along with you because you said so. And what they have to feel from you is a, is a genuine interest in their genuine well-being, not just, how can I use you? You know, this is my friend and I, when we were cooking together, the person walks in, they are actually more than an extra set of hands that are going to cut the onions. <laughs> you know, this is like, this is a friend and we've come to do something fun together. And if that friendship is first there, then the friendship becomes the force. Actually, Swami even said uh, about Ananda itself, he said one of the purposes of the Ananda communities is to, is to exemplify for the world what true spiritual friendship is and to understand that cooperation is the, is the natural result of friendship. It does not have to be coerced. If you start with, by building friendship that is based on a genuine commitment to the highest welfare of each other, then everything else that you're trying to create will be the natural outgrowth of that. You won't have to coerce. You won't have to force. You won't have to try to make anything happen. People will understand, oh, I want to help. Just like that. It's not that you're required to. It's that if you're sincere about this, you will realize that you want to do it. And that's where the great joy comes. So Swamiji says... Never impose an idea on anyone. Offer it kindly as a suggestion for his consideration. You'll find him readier then to accept it. Joy to you, my friends.